Zig Ziglar said, some people live 80 years, but most people live one year 80 times. So if something is going on in your life, the new year is a great time to look back on 2021 at what you did, your successes, your mistakes. And it's an opportunity right now. We like to take the new year as a good marker to say, where can I course correct? Where can I be more intentional, more proactive about where I want to go with my life and not neglecting these indicator lights? So if you've got something that's trying to get your attention, don't ignore it. This is the Next Peak Podcast, where we help you redefine success and achieve goals that are actually important to you, based on research and real-life stories. Welcome to 2022. This is the first episode of the Next Peak Podcast in the new year. And my co-host and I, Dr. Parker Houston, we are going to talk about checking your dashboard or the dashboard of life. Before you launch into your new year, kind of taking an assessment of where things are and then launching into your goals for the new year. But Dr. Houston, how are you this morning? I am doing fantastic. And maybe since you asked me, I will take a moment to talk about my birthday yesterday. Yeah, please do. It sounds like you launched uh, your uh, new year off right. Well, right before the new year, at least. But yeah, everybody in California knows or in Northern California knows that the Sierra has had just unprecedented snowfall. I think we set the record for December. At least we were close to setting the historical record for December. And I think they got over 200 centimeters of snow or something. Maybe it was inches. I can't even remember. But it was 10 to 16 feet base across the Sierra. We have not had snow like this in forever. So I went out yesterday and climbed a trimmer peak on my split board with a good friend of mine, Ryan. And we got in probably the best fresh powder I've ever had in my entire life. It was about 15 degrees when we got out of the car. So it really preserved the snow being very light and dusty and dry. And it was very safe avalanche conditions, just phenomenal, phenomenal conditions. Luckily, the traffic wasn't too bad either because everyone probably saw the terrible nightmare traffic stuff with people stuck on the freeway overnight. So that was a good start to my, almost start to my 2022, but a good close to my 2021. And that sounds pretty epic. I can't say I really rivaled that. I was uh, getting physical therapy on my shoulder so so that in six months I can somehow do some resistance exercises. Uh, so I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I can't get up and ski for a while. I'm afraid to uh, crash and burn and, and tear this thing back up. Oh my goodness. I don't blame you. You had a very significant injury there. Welcome to 45. You're not quite there. So this is what you have to look forward <laughs> don't to. Don't add any years to my life, man. I'm enjoying each one of them. I know. So you want to launch us with checking your dashboard lights. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with a quote by Zig Ziglar, who said some pretty awesome things in some very succinct ways. This quote I had on my door to my office when I had an office, um, here's what he said. Some people live 80 years, but most people live one year 80 times. Let me read that again. 
just so people can let it sink in. Some people live 80 years, but most people live one year 80 times. So think about that quote as I tell this story. I, in college, we didn't have a ton of money. Actually, this was in high school. But my first car was a 1978 Jeep Wagoneer. It was a really, really fun car that I restored with my dad. And every few months, we would do something like the interior. It had an engine fire. And so we spent several years rehabbing this car. It was a lot of fun. It was a favorite of a lot of my friends. But like many high school kids or college kids, a light would come on and my strategy was just to hope that the light would just magically kind of shut off, that maybe it was an accident that my engine or my car was telling me, hey, there's something really wrong. And this was an old car. Probably if a light comes on a really old car, there really is something like majorly wrong because they didn't have the sensitive technology we have these days. So anyways, I had this 1978 Jeep and I would often drive around and lights would come on, whether it be oil or overheating or any of that stuff. And my strategy was usually to ignore it and keep on driving, maybe even just uh, accelerate and just try to get home faster, even with whatever problem was going on. And I still remember, I think I was coming down Highway 50 and I saw some lights come on and I just thought, gosh, maybe I can just power through this one. (laughs) I hope it'll go away before I get home. And I don't remember what it was, but something went haywire with the car. I think there was probably some smoke or steam or something shooting out of the hood. And I pulled over, I was by myself. And I remember very clearly walking along the side of the freeway in cold weather, trying to make my way back to the nearest service station at the freeway exit. So Our theme for today is listen to your dashboard indicator lights. If something is going on in your life, the new year is a great time to look back on 2021 at what you did, your successes, your mistakes. And it's an opportunity right now. We like to take the new year as a good marker to say, where can I course correct? Where can I be more intentional? more proactive about where I want to go with my life and not neglecting these indicator lights. So if you've got something that's trying to get your attention, don't ignore it. And Clint, uh, you were going to piggyback off this and maybe talk about what happens when people ignore these lights and what can you do about it? Yeah. So it's funny. Somebody reached out to me over the weekend and said, man, I, I really appreciate your podcast. I appreciate all the wisdom that you and, and Parker share. And I said, man, the stuff that we share is a lot of times what we're working on. So yeah. it's like an experimental lab. I'm, I'm trying to hold myself accountable by talking about the things we're working on. Sometimes it's lessons we've learned in the past and we're passing that on. But a lot of times it's just work in progress. And yeah, I think for me, the big thing is is just taking care of my body, taking care of my mind. There have been so many times where I ignored the stress or the overwork the things that were going on at my shop or when I had a previous job and just ignored those things. And eventually it just caught up. I think I've shared this several times, but there've been, I've been in the emergency room twice because of uh, stomach problems. And um, to the point where I, you know, I just was so sick. I, I couldn't keep food down. I couldn't get up off my bed. And ultimately the the stuff that you and I have shared about the mind body stuff, they ran 
every test known to man and found nothing. And, and ultimately it came down to, I had overworked and overstressed my body, but, but that wasn't the indicator light. The indicator light was I started having, you know, tension headaches, or I started being short and irritable with my family, or I was skipping my workouts. These were all indicator lights, uh, on my dashboard that I just, I ran right through. And eventually just like your Jeep Wagoneer, I broke down on the side of the road. And it's definitely something near and dear to my heart. There's so many examples I could use in, in every area of life, but that's the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And a wise mentor of mine recently told me something that I is near and dear to my heart. He said, the best way to impact the world is to work on yourself. And some people know that the name of my blog is Lead You First. So when he said that, I thought, yeah, that's consistent with something that I aspire to and don't always hit that standard. But the older I get, I really do find that the best way to impact the world is to bring the best version of ourselves to our family, to our workplaces, marriage parenting, to our churches, to our community, to our neighbors. I, I recently posted this on my blog, and sometimes we do a similar theme on our podcast, but it was a good reminder. I thought, oh gosh, if I'm posting this thing, I better actually do this. <laughs> so I sat down, just so people know we're practicing what we preach. I sat down just even briefly. I think if you don't have a lot of time, we're going to give you a really quick and dirty way to do this if you even just have less than an hour to sit down and take stock of your life and look at your different areas of your life and where you might need to change course. So what I did was I sat down and a lot of people in the coaching world might be familiar with the wheel of life, but we'll just say, do you don't need a fancy form or anything like this. You just need a pen and a piece of paper or a computer. What we would encourage you guys to do is to start by start this year, do it in the next week, put it into your calendar, block out one hour to do this at least, and uh, do like a mini life plan. And so do a, a dashboard for your life. And what you can do in order to do that is to write out several accounts for your life first. So for most people, there are some really common life accounts. That's going to be things like marriage, parenting, spiritual life, your work account, your finances, maybe personal growth. I, I would put fun or recreation on there, your health, friendships. You may have other ones. Those are like some of the most common, but those are, I think those are like the nine most common that after I've worked with people that people have, but First, list those all off and then write just a one to 10 kind of if 10 is the best with how you feel like you're doing in that area of life or how satisfied you are in that area of life, how successful you think you are, just write a one to 10 score and then jot down just some quick notes like what's going well, what would make that area a 10 and just go through those and spend some time reflecting on that. As you do that, you might see, hey, my health is a five and I need to go in and get some medical treatment. You might see, hey, there's something going on in my marriage that 
is not going to resolve unless I am proactive and intentional about taking some action around this. You might have, uh, Clint, you had some good examples of this for, I think, marriage and parenting. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you're doing intentionally and some of the, you've got some tips that you had recently? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a very analytical person. So when I put down a goal, it has to have some type of quantifiable measure to it. (laughs) So this year I'm taking a little bit different approach because if I just say I want a better marriage or I want to be a better father, that's, it's a little bit hard to measure. I might be able to feel that. I might be able to see it in, in the way that my kids interact with me or my wife interacts with me, but I can't say, oh, okay, that's a five or a six or whatever. So instead of doing that, what I did with my wife is we sat down and come came up with some habits that we want regularly. And then we actually sat down with the calendar. We still use a paper calendar. We hang in the kitchen and we wrote down like date night on the calendar. We wrote down family meeting night because a lot of times, so I'll tell you, this is a little secret somebody shared with me. If you put a family meeting on the calendar every week, then when you have to address something with your kids, it's not this big daunting, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I'm getting called into a family meeting because every Wednesday night we've got a family meeting. So sometimes that meeting might just be my wife and I talking about budgetary things or planning something for the kids or whatever. But if we call them into the family meeting, it's not this big surprise of, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. So those are the things that that we've been doing. Um, as far as like improving our spiritual life, reading every morning, journaling every morning. And then my wife and I have committed to praying together before we go to bed. So those are just the little habits. But to your point of scoring this, and I actually just went through this exercise with my coach about a week and a half ago. And you can't improve until where you are. You can't reach a goal until you know where you're starting. So if you guys missed the last couple episodes, I talked about this, but I tore a pec muscle about two months ago. I had to have surgery, all that stuff. So if I set a goal of, I'm going to bench press 400 pounds by the end of the year, which I have no interest in doing that anyway, but let's just say that was my goal. And I didn't assess where I'm starting from, then I'm not going to reach that goal. It's a pretty impossible thing, right? I've got a torn pec muscle that I can't even lift weights for six months. And I'm somehow going to push myself to bench press 400 pounds by the end of the year. It's just not realistic. If you're starting out within a strange relationship with your kids or, you know, your wife doesn't talk to you, you can't, it it might be unrealistic to say by the end of the year, we're going to be the happiest married couple on the face of the earth. And we're going to go around and teach marriage seminars and all this stuff. If you're not accurately assessing where your marriage is right now, it doesn't mean that it can't get better. It just means that you've got to start with an accurate assessment of where you are today in order to get where you want to go in the future. Yeah, I love that. And I I think in our pre-show, you said something else that Christy Wright said on our podcast in one of the last recent episodes. So maybe you can, I I think you should share that again too. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was just a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. Christy Wright from the Ramsey group, from Dave Ramsey's group came on and she shared something that I thought was some great insight. She said, sometimes if in a, an area of your life needs focus, let's say your kids, for whatever reason, are off, off the rails. They're not doing well in school or they're getting in trouble or whatever. You may have to sacrifice some time and some effort in other accounts of your life to focus on the things that are most important. You might have to skip 
as much as we talk about working out and taking care of your health is so important, you might have to skip that for an, a month or two in order to focus on your kids and get them, get the ship righted and that type of thing. So it's not, you're neglecting it. It's not, you're saying that's not important. You're saying this other account is more important right now. And it's like triaging, right? So back to my police days, when I'd show up at an accident scene, I, I assess the, the scene. I look around and see who's most injured. Do I, I need to block traffic off so there's not another accident? All these things, there's priorities that you place. And it doesn't mean that it's not important to pick up the bumper on the side of the road because eventually I need to do that too. But I need to treat the person. I need to help the person who's very injured and sitting in their car and needing help. So it's the same kind of thing when you look at your accounts in life is it's not that you look at your, in this case, the nine accounts that you shared. It's not that you look at those and go, these, these two are just not really important. It, I don't need to have fun. I don't need to have close friendships. That's not at all the case, but in my, I might go through two or three months where I just can't connect with my friends because I need to focus on my kids. I need to focus on my marriage. Everybody, if you've listened to this long enough, I'm a CPA. So during tax season, my nine accounts probably shrink to about four or five that actually get time. And unfortunately that sometimes that's my friendships that, that take a back seat. but that's because my wife is a priority in my life. My kids are a priority in my life. So not that my friends aren't important, but they have to take a back seat sometimes for a season. And my closest friends know that and they respect that. And then we gather back up as soon as tax season's over and resume life together. Yeah, it's one, one critical point um, that I think we need to share with people is the goal is not to have a 10 in every single area of your life. That might not even be realistic or even possible. We do, we want people to strive for excellence, but that's not the problem that most of the people in our audience have. The problem is generally putting maybe way too much pressure on themselves to get everything right or perfect or achieve everything. And so that's been a hard lesson for me is to let some stuff go, at least for a period of time, in order to focus more purposefully on a different area of life. Yeah, I, wanna... I agree. I think, and that's what Christy was sharing. Is she, she was talking about women specifically, but she was saying how women have this view that they're supposed to be perfect in every area of life. Their house is supposed to be perfect. They're supposed to be in great shape. They're supposed to have great kids and working and producing and doing all these great things. And she said, it's just not realistic. You can't be a perfect 10 in every area of life. There's only one perfect person and he died 2000 years ago. And uh, if you're trying to be like him, that's great. You should want to be like him, but you're not going to live a 10 life. Yeah. And I was just going to say, Clint, one of the things that I appreciate so much about my friendship with you is you're just, you're very raw and very honest about where you're struggling. And you're also very proactive. Once something pops up on your dashboard, you're very intentional about trying to live a successful life by investing in your marriage and your parenting and your health and, and your spiritual life and all of these things and in growth. And in your business. Yeah. And now I just need to invest more time in fun because apparently I'm not very much you fun. You do need to do that. So I'm trying to set the bar pretty high for you there. So I, maybe I, that'll be my role in our friendship. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. My kids tell me that my, this gentleman I've been talking to about possibly coming on board here, he told me I'm too serious. So I totally understand. 
I, yeah, I think that's I, true. I need to increase my fun category for sure. Yeah, and I guess my the point I was going to make with that is just the best humans that I know, they don't have it all together and they don't act like they do. When I, re- I think that and then when I talk to them, it's, hey, they're really struggling in some of the areas of their life, just like every human being that walks the face of planet Earth. And the people I most admire are the ones that don't ignore the dashboard lights in their life. They say, wow, you know what? This is really hard. And um, a few years ago, I read an article by MIT's Sloan School of Management, and they said that the number one most important characteristic or trait of leadership is self-awareness. And so I want people to think about this dashboard tool. It has to do exactly with what you were talking about, Clint. You can't go somewhere if you don't know where you are even starting. So self-awareness starts with taking stock of these different accounts of your life. So what we would want to encourage people to what we're asking you and challenging you to do is sometime in the next week, take an hour at least in a quiet place where you can write down these nine accounts or whatever accounts you have, rank them one to 10, and let that be your indicator, your dashboard for where you might need to take some action. And don't be afraid to cut some areas of your life off in order to spend some time on some that need some attention. When I did my dashboard, there were a few things that jumped out at me. That written practice is so useful. And I thought, okay, It's time to stop sitting back and hoping that these things will improve. I'm going to need to actually do some stuff about it. Um, And and for me, it's not so much the doing of stuff and setting goals. It's what you talked about. It's setting some other things aside to manage these other parts of my life. Yeah. And I'll just give a practical example that I did talk about the friendships. So my friendships don't fall off completely. I I probably exaggerated that a little bit. I'd still keep in contact with my friends, but maybe our hangout time is a little bit less. But what I'll do with my health is I do have health goals. Like I'll try to train for a race or something. But the other thing that I do is I'm not trying to get myself in the best shape I've ever been in, in tax season. I just accept the fact that I need to maintain, I need to get some runs in, I need to get some lifts in, but I'm not going to be ready for the cover of men's health fitness when April 15th rolls around. And it's just taking assessment of that. But that's why I love that quote that you talked about at the very beginning, the Zig Ziglar quote, because... I think a lot of people get stuck in a rut. I know I did for many years. And you just think, okay, 2022 is going to be just like 2021, which was just like 2020. And it's because we don't stop to assess where we are and we don't start changing things. If you just keep going, it will be exactly like last year. If you had bad health this year, you neglected your marriage and it's not very healthy. It'll be just like it was last year, unless you make some changes. Yeah, just a final closing thought. Sometimes the things that we're trying to avoid in our life or just sweep under the rug, those are exactly the things that life or God is giving us in order to develop our character and help us uh, evolve as human beings and as a soul. So we just want to encourage people. Our encouragement and our challenge is to check your dashboard and then take action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's launch into 2022, reaching the goals that you want to <laughs> with with a healthy assessment of where you are and leading to the life that you hope to live. Any final thoughts, my friend? No. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody.
Hey, thanks for listening today, guys, to the Next Peak Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please follow us on Instagram, find us on LinkedIn or on Facebook. And we started a thing. We're trying to continue to grow our podcast and reach new people without adding those annoying ads from sponsors. So we've joined up with Buy Me A Coffee and you can find us at buymeacoffee.com backslash next peak podcast. And there we are, gosh, shamelessly accepting donations to help support this podcast so that Dr. Parker Houston and I are not continuing to pay 100% of the cost out of pocket for the production. If you would uh, be kind enough to join us there, we would appreciate it. If you want to catch up with Parker, you can always find him at leadyoufirst.com. And our podcast page is nextpeakpodcast.com. Until next week, keep climbing your next peak. Mm -hmm.